Well, good morning, City Church. How's everyone doing? It's good to see everyone. Welcome to City Youth Revival. Can we give it up one more time for our youth worship team? They did a fantastic job, as always, leading us in worship, and they will be back up towards the end of our service to lead us in one more song. Also, can we give it up for the students that took part in our announcement video? <laughs> we wanted to give you just a little, a little sneak peek into a Wednesday night to see the, the, the chaos and also the beauty of what happens when we all get together. I think it's a really wonderful thing. Um, well, the reason we do this service called City Youth Revival. If you're new around here, we do this service once a year. And the purpose of this service is partly to to showcase what God is doing in the next generation, to allow you to see um, what God is doing in in the lives of the students here at the church, and also to give you an opportunity to participate in some way in what God is doing. Because What God is doing in the next generation here at the church, it's not done in isolation, you know? It's not, it's not just the students, it's, it's all of us. It's the church, it's, it's every generation being here and, and have believing for the sake of the next generation. That's the beauty of what church is. And that's what I love about this church is that there are multiple generations represented in this church. And the idea, the dream, the hope is that we would all work together to showcase what God is doing, to, to elevate what God is doing and bring that to life. So that's why we have City Youth Revival. We are so happy to be here and to um, be showcasing what God is doing in the next generation. We also have um, one more shout out, our youth section here. We've got some students here in the first two rows. Let's give it up for them. Um, Our junior high students are with us here this morning, and whenever I tell the junior high students that they're going to be downstairs for the next service, they're always just a little disappointed because they love to have their own space upstairs, and we love uh, having that for them. And I love being upstairs with junior high students. I love junior high students. And um, there's something, something about junior high that's so interesting is that there's, there's a wide diversity of personalities. I mean, there's, <laughs> gotta be careful. <laughs> um, there's some, some of your students are very loud and very chaotic. And it's awesome, honestly, it is. It's, it's crazy up there sometimes. But then there's also, there's also some that are very quiet, very chill, very relaxed, like falling asleep relaxed, like it's too, too relaxed. Um, <laughs> There's a good mix. There's a good mix. But um, when I'm up there and I'm trying to teach, uh, some of them very loud, very chaotic. And what I do sometimes is I ask them questions and I try to get them to respond. Um, and of course, the ones that really like to talk, the ones that talk without me prompting them, they're going to they're gonna talk some more. But then there's some of the quiet ones, right? Um, and maybe I relate to this because I'm more like them. But some of the quiet ones maybe aren't going to jump out and respond. But every once in a while, a quiet student will raise their hand. <laughs> no one else does that, but some of the quiet ones will raise their hand because they have something to say. And it's very important, I know this, it's very important for me to pay attention to those students, to listen to them, to listen to all of them. But I could get so overwhelmed with the noise, with the chaos, 
with the three students that are really close to me for some reason and just yelling. Um, but I got to break through that noise and pick out the students that are a little bit quieter and have something to say. I got to break through that noise to allow them to speak. And the reason I bring that up is because I, I think there's a relationship there between, between that and hearing the voice of God in our lives. I think there's, there's so much noise in our lives. There's so much noise in the world. And we have to break through that noise a little bit in order to hear the voice of God. Because God is speaking. God wants to speak to you, to the next generation. God wants to do something and speak a fresh word to us. But we have to break through the noise a little bit. Break through the distractions. Clear away the debris of everything else so that we can hear clearly the voice of God. If we think about um, our students, those in high school and middle school, um, there's so much confusion happening in the next generation. There's so much cultural confusion and disruption, and it's not much different from other generations. There's always something. Every generation tries to do their own thing apart from God, and we mess it up along the way because we realize we can't do this outside of God. But there's so much cultural confusion with our students today. There's, there's identity confusion. Everyone's saying you can just decide who you want to be, and everyone has to be okay with that. And that's just the way it is. But God has already spoken. God has already told us. God has already told our young people who he has created them to be. But we're not, we're not always paying attention. We're not always listening to what God is saying there's a lot of noise there's a lot of confusion we need to break through that i believe that there's a universal longing for us to hear the voice of god whether we acknowledge god or not maybe some people are totally in deciding that there is no god that god doesn't exist for every person i believe deep down there is a universal longing to hear the voice of god because god is our creator we are connected to our creator whether we realize it or not. And if we acknowledge that and dive into that, then we can hear the voice of God. But I believe there's, there's a fresh word that God wants to speak to us, that God wants to speak to the next generation. And we're talking about revival. Revival, as I mentioned, is being reawakened to what God is doing, to the things that God is actively doing and wants to do in our lives and in the next generation. And if we are going to be reawakened if the next generation is going to be reawakened to God's purposes, we need to be able to hear him, right? We need to be able to hear the voice of God. And so I want to read um, a story from the Old Testament about a boy who heard the voice of God in a time when the scripture tells us the, the word of the Lord was rare. God was not speaking directly to his people during this time. But God took this moment in this, in this scene we're going to read. He took this moment to speak directly to this boy. And we're going to see how it changed so much for everyone. So let's read this in um, 1 Samuel, actually chapter 2. Um, I won't read this whole thing, but this, this uh, story starts off with um, a man named Eli. So it's about Eli and Samuel. Samuel is said to be about 11 or 12 years old. And that's, that's a junior high student. So that puts it into perspective. Um, Samuel is 
working for a priest named Eli. And we don't know how old Eli is, but he's pretty up there. Um, So we have Samuel and we have Eli. And in the first chapter, we see that Eli's sons, Eli has two sons, and we read about how they are complete delinquents. Like they are totally against God. They are blaspheming God, and Eli is warned by God. God takes someone and, and, and speaks directly to Eli and says, you got to deal with your sons. They are blaspheming my name, and they, they need to be set in line. And basically, Eli doesn't really do that. Eli talks to them and says, hey, you got to stop, but he doesn't do anything. So they keep going. They keep doing their thing. Um, so these two sons who are against God, actively against God, and in the middle of that description of these two sons is a description of Samuel. And you can throw that back up in chapter two. It says, the boy Samuel grew up in the presence of the Lord. That is placed in the middle of a description and another description of Eli's two sons just being awful and against God. There's this boy, Samuel, who grew up in the presence of the Lord. And it also says uh, a few verses later, the boy Samuel continued to grow in stature and in favor with the Lord and with people. Samuel continued to grow, and he not only grew in favor with God, but he grew in favor with people. And this is a key thing, that Samuel continued to grow and develop. And this same phrase that is used here to describe Samuel, Luke, who writes his gospel, takes this same phrase many years later, and he uses that same phrase to describe the boy Jesus at that same age that Jesus continued to grow in stature and in favor with God and with people. And there's a comparison there, obviously, between Samuel and Jesus. Samuel, Jesus, and every young person here. What Samuel and Jesus had to do is the same thing that our young people have to do today. They have to choose God's way in a world that is evil and resist temptation. It's the same today as it was then. It's the same problems, but with different skins. It's, it's the same, but it looks different. Our teenagers today, they have to choose the way of God in a world that is evil and resist temptation. That's why they need to be in church. That's why they need to be pastored and led and strengthened by each other and to grow and to go out into their schools and, and their worlds, their circles, to impact other people. So let's read this in... Um, 1 Samuel chapter 3, we see this section is called, The Lord Calls Samuel. And it says, The boy Samuel ministered before the Lord under Eli. And in those days, the word of the Lord was rare. There were not many visions. One night, Eli, whose eyes were becoming so weak that he could barely see, was lying down in his usual place. The lamp of God had not yet gone out, and Samuel was lying down in the house of the Lord, where the ark of God was. So I just want us to picture this. Picture a one-story house. Eli and Samuel are in that house together. Samuel, 12 years old, is working for the priest Eli. And we know that Eli is very old. In the next chapter, he passes away. 
but Eli is in one room, Samuel is in another room, and they're, they're sleeping. It's, it's almost morning. It's almost morning, okay? And it goes on. It says, then the Lord called Samuel. Samuel answered, here I am. And he ran to Eli and said, here I am. You called me. But Eli said, I did not call. Go back and lie down. So he went and lay down. Again, the Lord called Samuel. And Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, here I am. You called me. My son, Eli said, I did not call. Go back and lie down. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord. The word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. What I love about this relationship between Samuel and Eli is there is, there is a mutual respect between these two people. There's, they've worked together for a few years now since uh, Samuel was, was able to work for him. He did. And there's, there's a relationship there. And we're going to see how Eli is the one that guides Samuel so that he can hear the voice of God. We see God calling Samuel, but Samuel is mistaking the voice of God for the person next, in, the, in the room next to him. He's mistaking the voice of God for the voice of his mentor. There's a connection there. There's something that, that there's a connection that God, Samuel doesn't know the voice of God yet. Samuel doesn't have that relationship with God yet. Samuel doesn't have that connection with God yet. But we're going to see how God uses Eli to make that connection. God uses Eli to, to bridge that connection so that he can recognize the voice of God. It goes on, it says, a third time, the Lord called Samuel. And Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, here I am, you called me. Then Eli realized that the Lord was calling the boy. So Eli told Samuel, go and lie down. And if he calls you, say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. The Lord came and stood there, calling as at the other times, Samuel, Samuel. Then Samuel said, speak, for your servant is listening. It says, it says a lot about this boy, Samuel, that three separate times he thought Eli was calling his name in the early morning, and he got up and responded. Samuel was, is obedient. Samuel respected Eli. Samuel respected his mentor. That's why he responded the way that he did. And I think that's, that's a clue as to how our hearts should be postured. Obedient to God. Obedient to the people that are in our lives, that are placed in our lives. The authority in our lives. Older generations. We need to listen. We need to listen to what they're saying. And Samuel was, was a good listener. Samuel listened to Eli. And out of his listening, God, God picked up that and said, I'm going to use you. I'm going to speak to you. You're not going to know it's my voice just yet. But... Eli is going to guide you. Eli is going, to, is going to help you see that it is my voice calling you. And this is, again, a contrast between Eli's two sons. That Eli's sons had no interest and were actively against knowing the voice of God. But here's Samuel, obedient to the word of God. And Eli calls Samuel his son. He's not literally his son, but that speaks to the relationship that they have 
that he, he looks at him as a son. He treats him as a son. There's a spiritual relationship at work there. Now, this next part, Samuel goes to lie down because Eli tells him to. Eli says, God is speaking to you. You need to go lie down and do the same thing again and allow God to speak to you. And if I'm honest, this next part is a little bit easier to just leave out because it's best to just think God spoke to Samuel and it was really good and amen, that's great. Um, But the word that God speaks to Samuel is not a light word. It's, It's a heavy word. So let's read this together. It says, The Lord said to Samuel, See, I am about to do something in Israel that will make the ears of everyone who hears about it tingle. Now, tingle is a funny phrase, but whenever that's used, it it means that this word is going to disrupt people. It is going to shake the foundation of a group of people, and it's going to disrupt a lot of things, and it might upset a lot of people. At that time, I will carry out against Eli everything I spoke against his family from beginning to end. For I told him that I would judge his family forever because of the sin he knew about. His sons blasphemed God, and he failed to restrain them. Therefore, I swore to the house of Eli, the guilt of Eli's house will never be atoned for by sacrifice or offering. That's crazy. (laughs) He's 12. Like, relax. He's 12 years old, and he's hearing the voice of God. And this is what God gives him. I'm just, I'm just being honest. If I'm 12 years old, and I hear the voice of God tell me, hey, your mentor, his family is going to suffer because he didn't do what I told him to do. That's heavy. And I would kind of just want to be like, you know, I'm going to fall back asleep. God, give me another word. Tell me everything's going to be fine. And he's, you're going to use me, and it's going to be good. Um, but this is, this is an important lesson for Samuel. It's an important lesson for us, for our teenagers as well. That the word of God is not always easy. The word of God is not always easy. The word of God sometimes is, is corrective, disciplinary. God wants to make things right. And sometimes to make things right... We got to change our ways. We got to do things a little bit differently. We got to act differently. We got to talk differently. And we might not like that because we like what we're doing. And it's easier to go with the flow and the current of culture. But we got to change our ways if we want to be a part of what God is doing in this next generation. So this is a hard word. It's a, God's word is not always easy, but it is always good. Even if it is hard, even if it's difficult and you don't want to implement it, and even if it scares you, the word of God, if it comes from God, it is good because God just wants good for the world. And so this is what Samuel is, is dealing with. He's hearing this word. His mentor directed him to hear the voice of God, and he gave him this word. And it says that Samuel lay down until morning. And then he opened the doors of the house of the Lord. He was afraid to tell Eli the vision. But Eli called him and said, Samuel, my son. Samuel answered, here I am. What was it he said to you? Eli asked. Do not hide it from me. May God deal with you, be it ever so severely, if you hide from me anything he told you. 
So Samuel told him everything, hiding nothing from him. And then Eli said, he is the Lord. Let him do what is good in his eyes. See, Samuel obviously was a, a little afraid and he was hesitant to share this word with his mentor. Or of course, I think all of us would be. But Eli, continuing, even in his age, continuing to lead and to teach Samuel. Eli is teaching Samuel a very important lesson that when God speaks to you, especially in this time, when God gave a prophetic word, that there is a responsibility for them to convey that word accurately and fully. And Eli is teaching Samuel that. And the the incredible maturity of Eli to, to hear that word and to say, you know what? God is God. Let him do what is good in his eyes. What an example for Samuel. I wonder where Samuel would be without Eli. He wouldn't be able to hear the voice of God. God used that relationship to make it clear for him to, to hear what God is saying to him. The last section of scripture, it says, the Lord was with Samuel as he grew up. And he let none of Samuel's words fall to the ground. And all Israel, from Dan to Beersheba, recognized that Samuel was attested as a prophet of the Lord. The Lord continued to appear at Shiloh. And there he revealed himself to Samuel through his word. This ends the story. It, in, in one scene between a young boy and a man, it turns into this this thing, it multiplies because Samuel heard the voice of God. God used that boy to impact many people, an entire nation from the south to, to the north. God used that boy to impact and to speak to people directly. A one-time encounter, hearing the voice of God, turned into a lifetime of listening to God and then speaking that word out. And that's what, that's what we need. That's what our students need. They need to hear the voice of God so that they can go out and they can activate that and they can put that out into the world. There's a question I want to ask you and it's, it's the main idea. It's also the title. I didn't say that. Um, but the question is this. Are you listening? <laughs> Thank you, Sarah. Sarah's listening. Are you listening? Okay, that's the question that you need to ask yourself. Are you listening? Samuel was listening. Samuel was listening. So was Eli. Eli was listening. Are you listening, number one, to God? Are you listening to God? Are you listening to what God is saying to you in your life? Are you listening to what God has already spoken in his word? And are you listening to the word that God is actively speaking in your life, through time of prayer, through time of of Bible reading, that God is speaking directly to you? Are you listening to God? And also, are you listening to the young? Are you listening to the young? This is a challenge for, for any older generation. Are you listening to the younger generation? By listen, I mean, are you, are you hearing what they're, what they're doing, what they're going through? It's unique, okay? It's not more challenging, less challenging. It's it's unique. And I think there's a relationship between hearing God and listening to others. 
We got to pay attention to what everyone else is doing, to see what, what everyone else is, is going through in the church. Are you listening to the young? And then also, are you listening to the old? And when I say old, I mean older generation, whatever the generation is above you. And this is directly for students. Are you listening to the generation that is ahead of you? Are you listening to the people that have gone before you, the people that do in fact know better than you? Are you listening to those people? Are you listening to the wisdom that is available to you, to the wisdom that, that is there, the spiritual wisdom, the life wisdom? There's so much there. We need to listen. We need to hear what other people have to say, what other people are, are doing, what, how other people want to lead us, because God can use people as he did with Samuel and Eli. God can use people to lead us closer to him. God can use other people to help us hear the voice of God. So the question for us to ask ourselves is, are we listening? Don't neglect other generations. Don't forget about other generations. We can be so locked in in our own thing and think we are just the one and everyone else is kind of on the outside. But if we work together, then we can help each other. And I'm telling you, this next generation, they need everyone. They need your wisdom. And they won't always accept it. They will reject it, but they need it. They need your help. They need your guidance. They need your prayers that God would speak directly to them. All it takes, all it takes is one. There's power of one student. All it takes is one student to say yes to the call of God on their lives, to go out and, and be that. Show the gospel to other people. All it takes is one. God used one. God used Samuel to impact an entire nation, to impact many people. And I wonder what God can do with one of our students if they say yes to the call of God on their lives. I want to think about the schools. Think about the schools that, that can be impacted. We are a church, and we have a youth group, and we have students in our youth group, but those students represent schools, and those students can go out and be the gospel for other people and show that to other people. But they need to know how to do that. They need to be equipped to do that. They need you all to pray behind them, asking that God would speak to them, that God would direct their steps, that they would be directed by other people, that they would be directed by God himself to go out and be that for other people. So this is the challenge I want to give you. I want you to pray. I want you to pray for the students in our ministry, in our youth ministry. And we have a card here that was on your seat pocket. Can everyone grab this card? We all have this card. And you may have read this, but there's, um, there's a name on the back of the card. And this name is a name of a student in our youth ministry. Which, by the way, there's 90. <laughs> there's 90 names. Isn't that cool? There's 90, at least, unique students who are in our church. I would love to see 90 students on a Wednesday. I'm just saying. I would love that. Um, there's 90 names. And what I want you to do is take this card home and pray for this student. You don't know who, the, who this is, likely, but it doesn't matter. There's a first name on there. 
And I want you to be intentional about praying for that person. Pray that God would speak directly to that person. That God would, would engage their heart and their spirit. That God would do something new. That God would wake them up to hear what he has to say to them. That they would say yes to the call of God on their life. So that they could go out and impact the people around them. Would you do that? Thank you. They need it. They need your prayers. I want us to think for a moment about the schools again. If we, if we consider 90 students, okay, 90 students. I haven't actually looked at this, but let's, some of them go to the same school. Okay, so 90 students, let's say 75 schools. 75 unique schools represented by our students. Let's say every school has uh, 750 students. That's conservative. Most high schools have more. But 75 times 750, I have no idea what that is. It's a large number. Um, I didn't think about this before. Um, But that's a lot. (laughs) That's a lot of students. Think about that. Think about how that effect of our students that are here being equipped, being empowered to go out and preach to the people in their schools, to be that example, to love people in a unique way in their schools. We could see thousands of people, thousands of students come to know Jesus. Thousands of students saying yes to Jesus. Why? Because we had a really cool event and we gave away a PS5 here at the church? No, because we equipped the students to go out and be Christians to their schools. That's an amazing thing. And that's why it is so important for your students to be here at church during our midweek service. We meet on Wednesdays, and part of it is strategic. Part of it is that what we teach on Wednesday would directly impact their Thursday. That what they learn and what they grab a hold of on Wednesday, it wouldn't just stay with them. It wouldn't just be their own little thing and their own little club. But the hope and the prayer is that they would go out and, and live that out to the other people in their schools, the people that may never come to a church. They may never come to a church, but they have a friend who does go to church. They have a friend who is a Christian who, who is saying yes to the call of God on their lives. And that's, that's an amazing thing. If we can see how God can use so many students, our students, to impact many more students, then we'll start to see more people come to Jesus. And isn't that what we want? Isn't that what we need? If we need, if we want the church to thrive, we need the next generation to take over. And they can, because God is using them. God is speaking to them. And I believe that God is doing something and will continue to do a good work in their lives. We want students who are willing to say, speak, Lord, your servant is listening and say yes to his call and move forward in that. So can we pray together? Can we, can we hold up this card? I want us to pray collectively for these students and then you can go home and pray for them yourselves. God, we thank you for every student that is represented in this church. We thank you for every life, every soul that is represented by these cards. We pray and we lift them up right now. We lift up every name that is here 
And I pray right now, God, that you would speak a new word in their hearts. I pray that you would speak something fresh directly to them. I pray that every student here, every student represented by these names, maybe it's not now, maybe it's tomorrow, maybe it's next week, but I pray that every single one of them would hear your call, just like Samuel, that they would hear your voice and they would say yes to you, that they would have a posture of, I'm listening and I wanna do what you are doing. I wanna be a part of what you are doing. I pray that you would give every student that fire, that hunger to do what you have called them to do. You have placed them here in this generation for a specific purpose. And I pray that they would know that you have given them the grace to go out and to impact their schools, to impact the lives of those around them in their circles in unique and powerful ways. And we just lift them up right now. I pray that you would give them that courage, give them that fresh word, and help them to walk in that. God, we thank you for this. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Let this not be the last time you pray for these students, okay? Take this home with you. And I also wanna pray for anyone here who maybe has not accepted their their journey of faith, has not accepted the gift that Jesus has given us. I want us to know that revival is here for every single one of us. God wants us to be reawakened to his glory and to his purposes. So if you're in this place and you're kind of hearing this for the first time and you're, you're thinking, yeah, this sounds pretty good. I want to know who this God is, who, who cares and loves us so much. I want to pray for you that you would take that step, that first step, and say yes to Jesus for the first time. And as well, if you've been a Christian for a little bit of your life, but you've walked away a little bit, and you want to come back, God is here as well. He wants to revive your soul. He wants to do something new in your heart as well. So I want to pray for you as well. So one more time, can we pray together? God, we thank you for everybody here in this room. We thank you specifically for those that are in this place that do not know you yet, that have not said yes, that have not accepted your free gift of salvation. God, we pray for them right now. And I pray that they would take this next step, that they would take this important first step of saying yes to you and starting their journey of faith. We thank you for grace. We thank you for strength in their lives as they continue to move forward in their relationship with you. We pray for anyone who may have known you before but has walked away a little bit or is maybe a little bit confused, I pray that you would bring them back and let them know that you are there waiting for them. You were just waiting for them to come back. And we thank you that your arms are wide open. And I pray that they would also say yes again to you and to your love, saying yes to follow you. We thank you for them. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If that is you and you said yes for the first time or rededicated your life to Jesus, we want to know about it. So head on out to the info desk after service and we'll have some people there to help you, get you connected, give you some resources uh, to help you on your journey of faith. Well, before we uh, head out, we um, are going to have one last song. But even before that, we have a special video that we want to show you. So we interviewed one of our students. Her name is Kaylin, and she's right here. I'm just going to point her out. She's right there. Uh, her name is Kaylin. We asked her to come in, and we said, hey, we think God is doing something in your life. 
We think God is speaking to you. And this, this is someone who, in my humble observation, I believe God is, God is speaking to Kalen. And God wants to do something in Kalen that is unique, that is specific, just for her. And we asked her to just share a little bit about what God is doing, what she believes God is saying to her, what God is teaching her, and what God is saying to the next generation. And then after that, we're going to have one more song. So please direct your attention to the screens. Awesome. Something big that God has been walking me through right now is definitely not relying on my own feelings for the measure of my faith and more about who God's character is. Because I found that feelings are inconsistent and our heart is deceitful, as said in Jeremiah 17, 9. So I think that when we live like this, it's like we're living on this giant roller coaster where it's just constant highs and lows and it's there's just no stability whatsoever. And it's great as Christians that we don't have to live like this. And when we focus on knowing that God has a plan and a purpose and that he's chosen us, that we can have this peace that surpasses all understanding. I think um, we often, there are so many thoughts racing through our minds at so many different times. And I think just taking a moment to kind of slow down, step back and say, God, can you speak to me? Um, What would you like me to hear? And also just reading the word as well. Often God will almost always communicate something from my own experience. I think the thing that is the most important when progressing your relationship with God is definitely this equal exchange of both speaking and listening. He's truly our best friend and our confidant, so um, we can speak to him about pretty much anything on our heart, our fears, our desires, our wins, our losses. Truly, he is there and he'll never leave us through any of those moments. And um, there's also this freedom that comes with the fact that we know that God will never leave us no matter how we may be feeling and um, that he already knows how we're feeling in our hearts, so there's no use hiding it because he knows it all. So we can just get it all out there and he's always happy to listen. The most important quality to have as a young Christian is definitely boldness to me. It can be very nerve-wracking at first because there's this fear of human disapproval, and, but it's important that because this is a great commission and it's such a big part of our faith that we continue to work this out in our lives. Honestly, just realizing that fear isn't It's not this gripping power that's completely keeping you from it. I think when you ask the Holy Spirit to come in and say, hey, I really need help with this, Lord, can you just work through me and work with me? And realizing that it's not all up to us and that God can work through us through those moments of fear. I would say navigating this culture can be very hard, especially because a lot of the Bible tends to contradict culture nowadays. So um, it's really important to be able to see what we think is apart from the gospel and trying to distance ourselves from it. And that can be hard because it depends on the people you're surrounded with and kind of the society in general. So I think um, always coming back to the Bible as your source is the beginning is really important and not um, taking your strength from outside sources. I would say I've definitely been seeing both in among non-believers and believers in my generation are learning how impactful their voice is in general. And I think that um, that they have the power to make meaningful change, you know? And I think I've definitely been seeing people um, stepping up and taking initiative. We shouldn't be discouraged by our age and think that we can't do the same as an adult because in a sense, that's kind of our superpower. You know, we have that childlike faith, hopefully. I think God is saying to this generation, come back. Just because I think we live, these teenagers, we're living in a world that's so surrounded by external pressures, and it's so sad to see my generation having to live in all this pain and anguish. And it, be, it can become so engulfing at one point that it's just your world entirely revolves around it. 
but when we look to God and we lay down our fears and anxieties, truly that is the most freeing thing that we could ever do. And I know that if we run back to him that he'll accept us with open arms and that we can be made new because of him. I think right now my hope would honestly just be spreading it to the people that I love and um, continuing to serve I think is really important and just um, going where God leads me in my life. And I don't know where that will be. I'm excited to see what it will be. But from my own personal experience and things that I've seen, I see God working in these small ways to change people's lives. And even though it may not be on maybe a global scale just yet, I think that there are still people that he's impacting and people that he's saving, you know? And though this is gonna be a big, big journey to go on, I think if we start small and kind of build our way up and start to spread Jesus to the people that we know and love everywhere. Even though it may be hard, it's important that we try, you know? Like, why give up now? I think God is doing something amazing and I'm excited to see how he does that through this generation. Okay. <laughs>